strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi, and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. I'm Jen. And today we are talking about Easter Island. That's the one with the heads, right? Mm-hmm. Got it. Damn it, Robin. Turn your phone on silent. It was on silent. I you can't just be getting all your hens messages in the middle of <laughs> podcasting. Gee, thanks. Is it really hinge? Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. So, anyway, hundreds of years ago, a small group of people rode their wooden canoes across vast stretches of open sea, navigating by ocean swells and the evening stars. When and why these people left their native land remains a mystery. But what is clear is that they made a small, uninhabited island with rolling hills and lush palm trees their new home. I bet it was beautiful. I mean, just an empty island. This uninhabited, beautiful, vast. And uh, I don't know. It's just, it's it's breathtaking to even think about it. I like the idea of going to a place where there are no people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm like, I'm not super interested in a lot of people. No, it's like, oh, there's people here. Mm. Can we maybe go on the other side? I should move to like one of those like very uh, loosely populated islands in, are they Iceland that has the Faroe Islands? I think so. I don't know. Yeah. That's a great conversation. Bad at geography. For for another topic. (laughs) It's so bad at geography. So Easter Island covers roughly about 64 square miles in the South Pacific Ocean and is located about 2,300 miles from Chile's west coast and 2,500 miles from Tahiti. Known as Rapa Nui to its earliest inhabitants, the island was christened the name Pasiland, or as we know, Easter Island, by Dutch explorers in honor of the day of their arrival in 1722. They got there on Easter? Probably. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't give it a, a, uh, an exact date. Did you know Easter Island was off Chile? No, I did not. Where did you think it was? I thought it was, like, but down, like, by Fiji. Like, in my mind, I needed to take a plane 22 hours to get there. I'm in, my mind, in the complete wrong coast. Like, I thought it was, like, one of those islands that's, like, off the coast of Africa. Oh. Like, I was completely wrong. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, we're, we're both wrong, but... We're both I, wrong. I didn't I was know like, that it was so easily accessible by... I mean, Tahiti and, and Chile are, you know, Santiago and everything on the West Coast and stuff. That's such a high popular tourism attraction that, in this case, you can actually... I mean, it's 2,500 miles or 2,300 miles, but still... Yeah, by boat what is that you know a couple hours maybe four or five hours by boat make a whole day of it i mean i've been on on excursions where it's 12 hours a day i know i'm just like on a bus on a bus driving up the side of a volcano uh, yeah costa rica oh, loved it so easter island was annexed by chile in the late 19th century and now maintains an economy based largely on the tourism i mean you have this elaborate island that has these odd structures on them yeah charge people to to see them why not yeah i mean for sure yeah so easter island's most dramatic claim to fame is all of these giant structures 900 stone figures known as moai that date back many centuries the statues reveal their creators to be master craftsmen and engineers and are distinctive among other stone sculptures found in polynesian cultures there has been much speculation about the exact purpose of the statues the role they played in the ancient civilization of Easter Island, and the way that they may have been constructed and even transported. Aliens. <laughs> Everything's about aliens. I mean, isn't that one of the things that they always say, mm-hmm. that like they were made to look like the aliens that came? 
the like, heads, yeah, like they were the the shape of the head matched the shape of the aliens, yeah. right? That they're like constructed to be almost <clears throat> effigies yeah. of these aliens that visited the people on this island. Yeah, so it's kind of like in a lot of different cultures, they always make these giant sculptures to represent these beings that came to them, and now they want to worship these beings, and so by doing so, they make these creations in their honor. So recently discovered that eventually the giant palms that the Rapa Nui depended on dwindled, and many trees had to be cut down to make room for more agriculture, and other trees were burned for fire and used to transport these statues around the island. They were wondering how that happened, because there's evidence that shown that these sculptures were actually removed from their spot, dragged, and put into different areas. They're wondering why, but also how. So if they are taking down these trees and using these logs as a form of transportation, that is also an idea on how they were able to move it around. I mean, I could kind of understand how the logs could help them to move mm-hmm. it around, like almost like one of those like conveyor belt style, like turn to lay down turn, yeah. like 10 logs and roll it. And then when it rolls off, you bring the back log to the front and you just yeah, do constant it. rotation that whole jam but i don't think anything to do with the palms would ever tell me why no yeah and unfortunately them just constantly like taking down all of these trees is also ruining their their whole like their whole island but that's the whole thing with like island civilizations you just the resources are so incredibly limited and any group of people especially like this is you said 64 kilometers 64 square kilometers or something miles 64 square miles that's like tiny like you can deplete those resources pretty quickly Mm -hmm. yeah hi everybody i'm katie seagal and i'm kurt sutter and welcome to our new podcast called pi people influences and experiences yes it's sort of the uh get to know you at a deeper level the who what when where and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know... Trying to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. (laughs) Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. So the treeless terrain eroded the rich soil, and with little wood to use for daily activities, the people of the island started turning to grass. So in ways of turning to grass, they were able to make rope by braiding the grass make strands, rope, like stuff like that. Make huts. Mm-hmm. Right. So they were able to use it, but the more they use, the more they're actually demolishing this island. Yeah, I mean, because now the trees are gone. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to take all the grass. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's not much left to take. No, not at all. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the early settlements. The first human in- inhabitants of Rapa Nui are believed to have arrived in an organized party of immigrants around 300-400 AD. Traditions hold that the first king of Rapa Nui was Hotumatua, a ruler from the Polynesian subgroup whose ship traveled thousands of miles before landing at Anakina, one of the few sandy beaches on the island's rocky coast. After the decline of the original Maya culture, a new worship developed on Easter Island and was centered on a ceremonial village called Orongo, built at the rim of a crater of the Rhino Kai volcano. 
That's another thing. Easter Island, active volcano. So many volcanoes. <laughs> the greatest evidence for the rich culture developed by the original settler of Rapa Nui and their descendants that established all of these 900 statues. The average statue was about 13 feet tall and weighed about 13 tons. These enormous stone busts were carved out of tuff, which is a lightweight porous rock formed by consolidated vol- volcanic ash and was placed on top of ceremonial stone platforms called Ahuas. I might be pronouncing that wrong. It's A us you are doing a great job with the pronunciations and i'm not (laughs) questioning you at all and you guys should not question her either but i will stop you and say 13 tons for 13 feet Mm -hmm. that is one ton per foot yeah and this is average too of course they fluctuate but in this case that's considered lightweight stone Mm -hmm. how much does heavy stone weigh i don't know i'm just not a geologist (laughs) so the thing is though is that or a geographist One of them. Geographer. A a fur. Some type of fur. I'm a Jennifer. So the average structure was 13 feet, but some are 9, some are 12, some are 16, some are 32, some are whatever it is. Sure. I'm just saying we're talking about like a ton per foot. Absolutely. That's a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it is still unknown precisely why these statues were constructed in such numbers and and, in such large scale. Aliens. And even why they were developed to begin with. I mean, it had to be something with worshipping some type of culture, maybe because they all look alike. So maybe it's just they were representing one person during that time. And that was their way of honoring them. Question. Before you said that the first king Mm -hmm. of Rapa Nui, that they, was he part of the first group that Mm -hmm. came over? Yeah. So maybe he sort of led like a weird religious sect or like a group of people who- And maybe that's what it looks like. He's like, you know, hey, you know, hey, let's get out of Tahiti. We're going to go over to this. We're going to go find another island. Mm -hmm. And then like they get there and then- I mean, granted, I don't know what they're basing the yeah. statues on. The thing on, is, though, is that they, they don't even know where these people actually came from to begin with. Like, yeah, they're Polynesian, yeah, whatever, but they could have come from anywhere. They could have came from further south. They could have um, came from North America. Like, they don't know. Sure, but I don't think they could have come that far. No, not in, not a, canoe. in a canoe. No, but, I mean, who's but to say? But how many other islands had they been to before, yeah. right? I gotcha. So archaeological excavations of Easter Island reveal three distinct cultural phases. The early period of 700 to 850 AD, the middle period of 1050 to 1680, and the last period that was 1680 and beyond. Between the early and middle periods, evidence has shown that many early statues were deliberately destroyed and rebuilt as the larger and heavier Moai for which the island is most famous for. So all of the modern pictures that you see today are the rebuilt ones that were originally destroyed. Because they seem a lot bigger than 13 feet. Yep. So during the middle period, Ahus also contained burial chambers and the images portrayed by the Moai are thought to have represented important figures that were defined after death. So, okay, so that's another another idea of why they were developed. It was more of a, a chamber, a tomb, something for any type of burial ceremony. Okay. I can totally get behind that as a theory, right? Mm -hmm. That you're going to build this like giant effigy. Then are each of them based on what the person looked like? No, because if you look, they're all, they're all the same. I know. It's like they had one picture and like, this is going to be this one. This one's going to be this one. Oh, this is a little bit smaller of a a rock. Let's like, you know. Where did this image come from? Exactly. What? Because I mean, I can totally get behind them using them as like a burial, like temple. Mm -hmm. Like that makes perfect sense But why 900 of the same things? Hmm. So the biggest statue found dating to the middle period measures about 32 feet tall and consists of a single block weighing 82 tons. Son of a bitch. That's a big rock. So when I say 32 feet, this is not from the view that you're seeing from the ground up. This is them burying, uh, I'm I'm sorry, like digging 
through the ground because there's a whole structure underneath these heads. These structures go 32 feet down into the ground. So that was the largest one scale. So there's a body? Mm-hmm. There is a body, yeah. So, so a body in the ground. Yeah. So did they build it in the ground? Or was it at one time all out and then just like over time it's gotten buried? They don't know. They don't know. First of all, they, they don't know exactly how they were able to even dig 932 foot holes in the ground in, in such a quick time. But also, how were they able to take this massive 82 ton artifact, flip it over and put it into the ground? Did they build it from inside out? Did they roll it? Is there any evidence of when the last time the volcano erupted? No, I did not read anything about that. Because I'm thinking, right? Like, they had all these giant statues. The volcano erupted and sort of buried them. That's why they're all, like, half underground. I don't Because the statues were made out of the volcanic ash? No, but that's, like, rock that's made from it, right? Yeah. So they harvested that rock. But it's different than, like, the ground that is there. Yeah, so now you have 900 standing statues that over time. I don't know. I mean, it's a good theory. It's definitely a good theory. I just, I don't understand. Why would you bury everything except the head? I mean, and how could you build a 32-foot hole? How <laughs> would you even get in and out of it? I know. I know. So um, the late period of the island civilization was characterized by different civil wars and general destruction. And because of this... <laughs> you okay? I'm just still thinking about it. I'm sorry. I looked up and I'm like, that's not, that's not a happy face you're making. It's, I'm really deep in thought about the whole idea of the head having a body. Part yeah, one. Yeah. Didn't know that the head had a body. Now I'm even more confused about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's even more confusing is that in the last period, which is the date of, eight, of uh, 1680 and beyond, the more people go to the island, the more destruction they see of these of, of these heads. And so, of course, now they're thinking civil war, some type of war, someone was trying to take over the island, knocking things over. We, we own this island now, get out of here and ruining their entire culture, right? So island tradition claims that the main ethnic groups known as the short ears rebelled against the long ears, <laughs> burning many of them to death on the pirate constructed along on an ancient ditch on the island's far northeastern coast. They burned the people to death? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So they burned the people to death and they knocked over the, the heads. Very, very disrespectful. I the might short say. years and the long years. I mean, get which it to- one was the one that won? Get it together. It doesn't say. Because after a while, they actually do end up living in harmony because they're all from Rapa Nui. But it's just like Rapa Nui has these districts and subgroups and stuff. So people can never just get along. No, not even, even on a 64 square foot square foot not even people referred to as short ears and long ears so um it's like i just keep thinking about like the long ears are like the people who put the plates in their ears or something to like oh, do the stretching extend. yeah and then like the short ears are the people who don't and or just like, wrap it groups. small so you know like no fuck your long ears i'm gonna wrap mine and we're gonna be tiny <laughs> like like chinese foot binding but like with the ears like so i'm gonna speak a little bit about the outsiders on easter island so along with the Dutch explorer Jacob Roggenveen that first landed on Easter Island in 1722, in 1770, the Spanish Vicroy of Peru sent an expedition to the island. The explorers spent four days ashore and estimated a native population of about 3,000 people. Just four years later, a British navigator, Sir James Cook, arrived to find Easter Island's population decimate, decimated by what seemed to have been a war with only about 600 600 to 700 men and fewer than 30 women remained. 
So they went from 3,000 to 630. Between 630 and 730. So it's like 20% of the population remains. So 80% of the population's gone. Hopefully they just cheesed it. And yeah, they just like kind of left. Hopefully it wasn't something... I mean, I'm not exactly sure how many women were actually... Laters. 30 there? women? Fewer than 30 women were still there. I just, I feel very, very sorry for those women. It's a I lot mean, of men to handle. <laughs> but on the plus side... <clears throat> You get your choice. Hey, man, have a long year on Monday. Have a short year on Friday. <laughs> Let's get weird. All right. So uh, they're nothing but trouble those long years. <laughs> exactly. They think they're all high and mighty. They might be nice to look at. Listen, four inches does not really make that much of a difference. Girl, you know it does. <laughs> totally. So a French navigator, Jean-Francois de Galoup, found 2,000 people on the island when he arrived in 1786. A major slave raid from Peru in 1862, followed by epidemics of smallpox, reduced the population to only 111 people by the year of 1877. Yo, keep your smallpox to yourself. These people, man. So by the time Catholic missionaries had settled on Easter Island and began to convert the population to Christianity, a process, the entire process was completed by the late of 19th century. In 1888, Chile annexed Easter Island, leasing much of the land for sheep raising. The Chilean government appointed a civil governor for Easter Island in 1965, and the island's residents became full Chilean citizens. So I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Easter Island today. So Easter Island boasts no natural harbor, but ships can anchor off of Hangaroa on the west coast, which is the island's largest village with a population of about 3,300 people. In 1995, UNESCO named Easter Island a World Heritage Site, and it is now home to a mixed population, mostly of Polynesian ancestry made up of the descendants of the long years and the short years. Spanish is generally spoken, and the island has developed an economy largely based on tourism. So they speak Spanish? Yeah, the long years and short years finally getting along. I'm telling you, I'm learning so much tonight. So uh, a little bit about tourism, if you ever want to try to figure out sometimes to, to go and visit the island. The climate there is subtropical and sunny and dry, but the, the temperatures in a month are completely opposite of ours. So the warmest months are actually January through March when the average temperature is about 73 degrees. I do not mind that at all. If that's the warmest, the coolest months are June through August when the average temperature is around 64 degrees. And that is what I like. A sunny day, 64 degrees on an island. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. The average annual rain is about 49 inches, but that always varies. September is the driest month and the heaviest rainfall occurs in June and July in accordance to the passage of the Austral Winter Fronts, which is weird because I read this and I was like, they have a winter? I wonder what the winter is like on Easter Island. I don't think it snows, but I would like to say, I think you're doing a very fine job of doing a meteorology report. Oh, you're very welcome. So the, the warm front's coming in from the west. All you need east. is a green screen. I know. Remember, it's all backwards. I know, that's going to fuck me up. So there are some plants and animals uh, are few. Even though the destruction of the trees occurred, In 1950, or in the 1950s, a Norwegian archaeological expedition collected seeds and planted them in the Gothenburg Botanical Garden, and then saplings were then taken from the trees and brought back to Easter Island in 1988 to rebuild. That's fantastic. I think that's a beautiful story. So they brought them back in 1988? Yeah. So they've been there for like 40 years. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that... the trees are pretty big now. Yeah, so it's it's weird because if you were going to go to Easter Island today after learning all this history of the destruction of all these trees and everything, and you see it's lush and beautiful, you're like, um, huh? 
I actually know that they didn't used to be there. I know. They so, actually destroyed them all. Thank you and to then, the Norwegian yeah. Archaeological Expedition. Thank goodness. We thank you. So many things to thank them for. Mm-hmm. So let me list some fun facts for you. Robin's Fun Facts, Easter Island Edition. <laughs> so a total uh, solar eclipse visible from Easter Island occurred July 11th, 2010, for the first time in over 1,300 years. Can you imagine seeing it for the first time 1,300 years ago on the on island? Easter Island? And being those people that saw it and freaking the fuck out, wondering what the hell is happening. So I don't like them now. <laughs> Imagine you're just like, the world's ending. Everything just gets dark, running yeah. amok, gathering but your children. And it's like, oh my God, the world is ending. The world is ending. Two hours later, you're like, it seems to be getting a little brighter. I don't know what's happening. At that point, oh. I'm, I'm in a hut somewhere doing something. I'm out of there. You're in a hut. You're eating the last of the bacon. You're drinking all the wine. <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> end days. So there are species of fish that were collected in Easter Island from for one month in different areas around the island from shallow lava pools, which went about 43 meters deep, and even in the bigger, deeper waters. They found two different types of new species of fish, oh. and they are considered a frogfish because of their char- characteristics. What the hell's a frogfish? <laughs> so they said that it had different like dorsals. So it had like 12 different ones and the back is more prudent than the front and it's very, you know, like the um, how a frog sits and how his back legs are curled in with the front or up. You guys can't see how she's <laughs> desperately trying to emulate a frog while sitting on the purple velvet podcast. Let's like, see. I'm trying to like show you how you know, the, the frog leg this way, and then it goes this way. You know, I'm so just gonna, it's I'm like, just going to have to take your word for so this So the fish, rec- like, it, it, it's similar to the structure of a frog. Sure. And then there are also, they also found um, fish that had zebra-like markings, too, the stripes. Nice. I thought that was pretty cool. So in around 1955 and 1956, reenactments on the island had showed that 12 islanders were able to lift a 25-ton bust about 10 feet off the ground and was able to tilt it. This took 18 days with no tools other than two wooden logs that were used as levers. So the more that they were trying to understand how how they did it. Yeah, I mean, because like the reason why that that's over, why was this whatever, how, how did this happen? So now they're working on that. I'm not hung up on the how. I'm hung up on the why. <laughs> like, you know, pyramids, right? Mm-hmm. Built to Rope. be tombs. Rope. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, and the how is always a matter of, you know, just resource management and ingenuity. And it's like necessity is the mother of invention. Whoa, right? Which nice. is, it's just something that uh, somebody said to me in like middle school. And I've always remembered that like, if you can remember one thing about history, that people always figure out a way to do something if they need to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? If they feel compelled to do so, they'll figure it out. Yeah, especially since it's just them. They don't have any type of people coming to the island like, oh, here's all this stuff for you. No, they're they're building and living on their own. So they have to enable to adapt all of these different abilities in order to survive. Right. And they're not missing anything. It's not like they... No, they're know. gaining it. They're just... I mean, why build these to begin with? This is not helping them in any way. They're not... It's not giving them food. It's not giving them shelter. It's just something that they wanted to do. 900 of them. There was a reason why. There has to be a good reason why. It's just buried forever in history. It makes me crazy. (laughs) So, I lost my train of thought. 
Oh, um, the reenactments. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so they were working for um, for the last couple of years now, trying to do these reenactments, and it, it, they do more and more like, every time. So stones of all sizes were wedged under the statue one by one to form a slow rising cairn in order to lift the giant statues upright after they were tilted. And they keep figuring out ways on how to do it. Like, well, maybe they did this, maybe they did that, so on and so forth. So tradition claimed that the statues have walked across the terrain to their destinations. But in the experiment, 180 islanders were able to pull a medium-sized statue over the ground. They were moved, of course, because there's I mean, of course, they those drag marks. Because I'm sorry, if you're gonna if you're gonna lift 13 tons or 82 tons, there's gonna be a a, a line. Evidence. Yeah, there's, there's gonna be, be evidence following that. Right. But they were able to figure out that 180 islanders can move a medium size rock. Yeah. Over I the mean, earth. like I said, <clears throat> like I fully believe that they had no problem in constructing these things, erecting them. I'm a little confused about a lot of pieces of this story, and I guess it's just information that I'm not going to get, Mm-mm. but it's, I- I'm so confused about, like, if they're constructed inside the hole, and why, mm-hmm. where they got the idea for these faces. And that's like the, but I will say that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, is, you know, there were, there was all these theories about, was it man? Is this an alien thing, you know? But with all the archaeological digs and excavations, they did find evidence of human life. They found pottery. They found tools. They found settlements. They found found things that will give you evidence of a village being there and humans were there. Right. So now they're like, okay, well... And they have not found an evidence of an alien spaceship is what you're telling me. No, no, They did not literally mm. like scrape off some dirt and find like that weird flying disc from flight of the navigator no nope. that's what you're oh, telling me oh that's a good movie yeah you're welcome <laughs> a renewed experiment in 1986 revived the tradition and discovered that 15 men suffice to move a medium-sized statue over the ground by just jerking it back and forth with the systems of ropes <laughs> i'm jerking it <laughs> It's like a really big hand job. <laughs> but overall, there is still no study as to how or why. There are theories, of course, but there's no direct evidence that says that a war did happen. But there is evidence that they were moved. It is possible to move them. And there was evidence of life on the island during that time. It was very informative. I mean, I, I definitely want to go. I think it's a yeah. fascinating thing. And it's just it's a trip. You know, you get, if you're going to go to Chile or Tahiti, definitely recommend go taking a trip over there. Yeah, why not, right? Yeah, definitely. So, the story of Easter Island. Just another notorious narrative. Have a show idea? Send it on over to us along with any questions, comments, or corrections to NotoriousNarratives at gmail.com. You can follow us on our Instagram at NotoriousNarratives and Twitter at NotoriousTales. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Every review helps other listeners to find us. Thanks so much.